Hello, Paul Jones here with another edition of A Beginner's Guide to the Blues, my foundation course, in which I introduce you to music by, or influenced by, six of the most important blues artists. Tonight, well, let's start by getting the suave announcer to do the talking. Ladies and gentlemen, together for the first time, B.B. King and Bobby Blank. You know, I think that's an absolutely sensational record. I hope you agree with me. There's some really amazing musicianship and vocalising there, and what a wonderful feeling to it. Bobby Bland, whom we're not featuring tonight, with B.B. King, whom we are.
From the album, as the man said, together for the first time, that was Three O'Clock Blues, and that particular version was recorded in 1974. The significance of it will become clear shortly. So, what can we say about B.B. King? He was born and bred in rural Mississippi, and like Muddy Waters and John Lee Hooker, he comes from a sharecropping family. His striking talent for music became evident at an early age. He sang in amateur gospel groups as a child, and then at 16 he took up the blues guitar. He made the move to Memphis in 1946, where he earned money by busking. Although it has to be said, he was always determined to become a star. BB was heavily influenced by Robert Johnson, Django Reinhardt, and T-Bone Walker, but it was the inspiration of Sonny Boy Williamson's radio program that got him a job as frontman on the Sepia Swing Show on station WDIA. Here, he was given the name the Beale Street Blues Boy, later shortened to simply Blues Boy, hence BB King. His real Christian name, by the way, is Riley. Exposure on the radio led to a recording contract with Nashville's Bullet Records in 1949. His first release was Miss Martha King, but it failed to register with the public, as did his three other songs for the label. But in 1950, thanks to Sam Phillips, with whom he was working at the time, he was talent spotted and signed to RPM and Modern Records. Now we come to the purpose of that first CD you heard, because in 1951 he recorded his original version of the Lowell Fulson number Three O'Clock Blues. Eight records into his career, this one finally made it. In fact, it stayed at number one in the Billboard R&B chart for an amazing five weeks. BB King, of course, is an amazing musician, as you'll hear this evening. So sit back and enjoy another fine example. I've been downhearted,
Splendid stuff. How Blue Can You Get by B.B. King. By the way, that's from 1964, and it was his first success with ABC Records since he had moved to them a few years earlier. His classic album, Live at the Regal, which was the recording of a stupendous concert at the Regal Theatre in Chicago, was made that same year. B.B. King's career took a bit of a dip for a couple of years in the mid-60s, and his records were at that point largely taken from Modern's back catalogue. But the renaissance of the blues came to his rescue, partly thanks to Johnny Winter and Mike Bloomfield in the States and Eric Clapton here. More about Eric in a little while. Courtesy of his young musician patrons, he played Fillmore West in 1968, where he received a standing ovation before he'd even played a note. The following year, he made his first trip to Europe, and he revived this old Roy Hawkins number for his next release.
gorgeous. Yes, but the blues with strings, I hear you ask? Absolutely. Unashamedly commercial, perhaps, but the record served its purpose. This was not only an R&B hit, it made the pop charts as well. From 1969 on ABC's Bluesway label, the thrill is gone. The kickstart to B.B. King's career, which continues to thrive today. By the way, he says of that song that the idea of putting strings on it came from the producer, Bill Shimchik, and B.B. was more than happy to go along with that. Some purists objected, some still object. Certainly the idea of a string arrangement on a blues song was novel, to say the least. Now, it's said that B.B. King played to more people in 1969 than during all the other years of his career combined. Whether that's true is open to debate, but it does give you an indication of how his career had been re-established. Within a year, he was seen by upwards of 70 million people on American TV's Tonight program and on The Ed Sullivan Show. B.B. had done what he had set out to do. He had succeeded in bringing the blues to a mass audience. Right, at this point, a reminder that you're listening to A Beginner's Guide to the Blues with me, Paul Jones. And tonight, the spotlight is on B.B. King, so here he is with a couple of friends.
Hey, what a cracking record. Now, I simply won't believe you if you weren't at least tapping your feet to that. Days of Old, B.B. King with Eric Clapton and Lucille. It comes from the album Riding with the King, released in 2000. Of course, Eric Clapton has been a long-time friend of the King, and he prepared the ground here in the UK for B.B. to make his first visit at the end of the 60s, which included a concert at Manchester's Free Trade Hall. Although... When he first heard B.B. King, Eric says he thought he was much too commercial and sophisticated to be real blues. Now, you remember I just mentioned Lucille, and in case you were wondering who she is, well, she's the guitar. The current estimate is that he's on his 16th. I believe he made a present of Lucille number 15 to the Pope. The story goes that in the early days he was playing a club in Arizona when a fire broke out following a fight, and he had to make a mad dash to rescue his guitar. He discovered later, it seems, that the fight was over a woman called Lucille, and he has given his guitars that name ever since. Right, let's go on to some more music. B.B. King has always inspired musicians, especially at the rock end of the blues. Not only has he invited guests to record with him, but he's at the top of the guest list for scores of others, like the Irish band U2. From their 1989 album Rattle and Hum, this is When Love Comes to Town.
award-winning When Love Comes to Town, specially written by Bono and premiered in 1988 in front of an ecstatic audience of 40,000 at Fort Worth, Texas. Now, before I go to the next record, let's reflect that B.B. King's career has lasted for more than half a century. While he has slowed down somewhat, his work schedule can still put others to shame. He has collaborated with scores of other musicians in order to spread the word about the blues, although it has to be said with varying degrees of success. For example, his work with the Crusaders and with the jazz singer Diane Schur did receive mixed press. In 1985, he appeared in the John Landis film Into the Night, from which he performed the title song. Here's a little bit of it so you can hear how he even brings that blues feel to what is essentially a stereotypical American rock production. Just a tantalising segment of the title song to the film Into the Night. Now, some of B.B. King's success may be attributed to his live concerts, which he has performed relentlessly throughout his career. At his peak, he played up to 300 shows a year, one of the most hard-working musicians in any genre, and he's considered a gentleman by his band, many of whom have been with him for a very long time. One drummer, the late Sonny Freeman, was with him for 18 years. There's a testimonial for you. And B.B. attributes that to loyalty in both directions. With his Grammys and his induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the career of B.B. King has been no mean feat for a man who started a poor boy down on the Mississippi plantations. But he espouses the American dream. He lives in Las Vegas, where he's able to indulge his passion for gambling. Actually, some time ago, one wag is reported to have said that that's why he did so many live gigs, so he could pay for it. B.B. King is the most enduring and successful post-war blues musician, and notwithstanding his explorations into other styles, he has remained faithful to the blues tradition. His songs have been about what blues songs are about, the difficulties of relationships, of which he has had his share. Oh, and by the way, did you know that B.B. never sings and plays the guitar at the same time? Simply, it's a technique that he never mastered, although I think you'll agree it's not diminished his musicianship. So this is Paul Jones playing out this week with a great track from B.B. King. Enjoy this perfect example of a blues ballad. Recorded back in 1952 on RPM Records, it comes from his debut album, Singing the Blues, You Know I Love You. Now, darling, you know I love you And love you for myself but you gone and left me someone else. I think of you every morning and dream of you.
could hold you in my arms tonight. Oh, darling, you know I love you and love you for myself, but you. Wow.